Welcome back. This is a podcast on relationships, sex, and marriage. And I believe that many, many young people are being blessed here in Nagaland and all over the world. I want to encourage you to share this with your friends because our heart and desire is really for people to be established in truth so that they experience freedom and the power to live healthy, whole, and meaningful, successful lives. Last podcast, I talked about the presence of willingness. The question, whether God has a perfect one for me, is really something that a lot of Christians assume that they have in their relationship with God. And so sometimes they're just waiting for that perfect one and they're passing by all the ones that God sends to them because they're waiting for that perfect one. Understand certain things. There is no perfect one that God has for you. God gives you the wisdom to choose among the people that he sends into your life. So choose the one that more suits you from the range of good choices in front of you. There is no perfect one. In fact, you are not the perfect one either. So be willing to choose by the wisdom of God, by seeking help in prayer. There is no perfect one, but once you are married, seek to become that perfect one to your partner. See, God is not so concerned that you choose that perfect one, but God is concerned about you being the right one. And if you have married anyone, understand this, God's blessing is already on that marriage. Don't over-spiritualize it by saying, oh, this marriage is not God's will for me, so let me just leave this woman, let me leave this man, and look for another one who is a more perfect one from God's will. That you are going to be actually disobeying God to be trying to fulfill another will of God, which is wrong. If you have married and you have said, I do, to that woman and that man, then God has also blessed it because God honors your choice too. All right? Okay, let me share the sixth key today, which is the key of prayer. Genesis chapter 24, verse 12. The servant, he prayed and said, O Lord, God of my master Abraham, give me success today and show kindness to my master Abraham. Isaac, in verse 63, the Bible says, he went out into the field one evening to meditate, most likely to pray. The key is this. Bring God into your search for a mate. Bring God into your search for a spouse. How? By praying. Psalm 34, verse 4 says this. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. So prayer is one way that we delight ourselves in God, that we are enjoying our relationship with Him. And when we do so, God begins to put wisdom, direction in our hearts. God begins to engineer the circumstances of our lives so that He brings us through divine providence to meet those people that we can choose, that we can know is God's will in our lives. Listen. Marriage means the handing over of yourself, your body, your future, your keeping to the one that you love, although this person may be, in many ways, a stranger right now. So this tremendous act of faith is something that can unlock in both of you paths of compassion, generosity, joy, passion, fidelity, hope that no one even guessed was there, blessing, potential power, gifts, calling, purposes. See, that is why the confidence of young lovers is not foolish or arrogant, but an expression of a basic fact in human experience. Confidence 
in being together. This is the greatest of human gifts and is said to work only when people are prepared to risk everything when they say I do. So before you risk everything, risk it first before God in prayer. Get God's direction. Get God involved in your search for a spouse. And I tell you, when you will pray and surrender this choice to God, He will begin to engineer circumstances in your life. I remember in my own personal experience how there was a certain friend of ours who had come from Malaysia. And while we were ministering together in Kohima, we prayed one evening a prayer of agreement wherein the Bible says, if you agree on earth concerning anything that you ask my Father, it shall be done for you. So we prayed in agreement that in a year's time, I will find a spouse and I'll be married. So I prayed in sincere faith, in bold faith, and I asked God, Lord, I need you to help me. And guess what happened? Within that year, I was married. God got involved. And God got involved by speaking to other people around me that began to push me, that began to suggest, that began to move, move things so that I was not the only one initiating it. You know, they began to initiate things and that's how it happened in my own life. The seventh principle is this, the important virtue of kindness. The only test that Abraham's servants devised was the test of kindness. Genesis 24 verse 14, May it be that when I say to a girl, please let down your jar that I may have a drink, and she says, drink, and I'll water your camels too. Let her be the one you have chosen for your servant Isaac. In Genesis 24 verse 20, she quickly emptied her jar into the trough, ran back to the well to draw more water, and drew enough for all his camels. So Rebecca showed her kindness with enthusiasm. And she was a strong girl because that servant had 10 camels. It is said that each camel in the desert drinks about 4 gallons of water. So that means 40 gallons of water. She went to the well. She brought up the water. She went back to the well. She brought up the water. She went back to the well. She brought up the water. She was genuinely kind and at the same time strong. So this was a test that the servant was looking for. Kindness is a virtue. This is for the men. If you're looking for a spouse, a future wife, look for the virtue of kindness. This is a virtue that one should always find in a mate. Test for kindness, if not for anything else. Remember, what you see before marriage is what you're going to get. If you see someone and you like the person, you're emotionally entangled, but you see, oh, he's drinking, or oh, he's rude, He's selfish. Uh, he doesn't talk well to his parents. He doesn't respect others. But I really like him. And maybe after I marry him, I'm going to change him. Guess what? You're making a wrong decision because they're not going to change even after marriage. They may change, but not much. So many times, girls marry guys hoping that after marriage they will change. And they don't. And then they get disappointed. And that's why it's important that you observe carefully before marriage. If you do not see kindness and loving concern before marriage, do not hope that marriage will change this. All right. What makes a woman attractive? Proverbs 31 verse 10. A wife of noble character who can find. In the NKJV version, 
Who can find a virtuous wife? The word virtuous means full of strength, full of grace, loving kindness. Important. It means full of grace, full of strength, and loving kindness. The word virtuous also means the word prudent. Proverbs 19 verse 14 says, Houses and wealth are inherited from parents, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. So if you're praying for God to give you a wife, the Lord will give you a prudent wife. The meaning of the word prudent is this, having practical wisdom, good judgment, common sense. Now, what this tells me is that you must observe your potential spouse. Observe in the woman that you are dating or in the potential group of women that you're looking for in the church, in the friendships that you have. Look for someone with strength, full of grace, loving kindness, having practical wisdom. Can they use money wisely? If they have 10,000 rupees, are they using the entire 10,000 rupees to buy the latest bag, the latest shoe? Or are they using it wisely? Do they have good judgment? And practical day-to-day choices, common sense. These are very important in a future spouse because maybe you're going to be working and she has to take care of the finances at home, the kitchen, the kids' education, and so on. And I tell you, having a prudent wife will make 100 rupees go to 200 rupees. She can extend the budget of the family with her wisdom. She can just extend, uh, you know, um, I mean, there's so much that comes from a woman who is wise. I tell you, my wife is such a wise woman. She has good judgment, practical wisdom, common sense, and the house is blessed the kids are blessed because of the choices that she makes in the use of money uh, in the choices that she makes about cooking food gardening everything all right so observe genesis 24 verse 21 the bible says that the servant watched her closely to learn whether or not the lord had made his journey successful so observe observe that woman Is she always good to you and polite to you while you're dating? But whether you are in group situations, she's very demeaning to poor people. She is very rude to people who are ugly, people who are not important, people who are poor. She's dispolite to them. She is disrespectful, but she respects more the rich people. She respects the good-looking people alone. That is a sign of a person who is unhealthy. All right? So observe. I tell you, observe. Because God gives you wisdom to choose. Don't just choose blindly. There are things that make a woman attractive, and it is more than the body or the face. It is the character. It is the wisdom they carry. It is what they are on the inside. What makes a man attractive or desirable? Proverbs 20 verse 6 says this, Many a man claims to have unfailing love, But a faithful man who can find. Faithful. What makes a man desirable is faithfulness. The word faithful in Hebrew means someone who can be relied upon. Someone who can be trusted. And even in K-dramas, somehow, you know, when you're watching uh, K-dramas, the woman, I always say to that woman, you know, you need to find a man that you can trust. You need to find a man that you can rely upon. Okay? So faithfulness makes a man Desirable, attractive, more than the body, more than the wealth, more than the background. 
all of those are very shallow. It's very um, superficial. Once you start living with a person, you know, you don't get married to the money, you don't get married to the car, you get married to the person. And you talk to that person, and the person is the one on the inside. The one on the inside is making the decisions. The one on the inside is loving you. The one on the inside is going to be gentle with you. And if that one on the inside has none of these qualities, you're going to have a difficult time. In Luke chapter 16, verse 10, the word faithful is used in reference to finances, to money. So the Bible illustrates faithfulness in very practical issues like money, money. So observe for faithfulness in your future husband in the way he chooses to spend his money. How is he with money? Is he very lavish, very extravagant, spends more than he has, always borrows from people, always borrows from parents. He spends more than what he earns and he's very lavish to just buy unnecessary things. If that is the boyfriend that you are dating right now, that is a red signal. That is a red alarm. That's an alarm. That's a red flag. You will have problems even after marriage. Money habits are very important. Why? Matthew 6 verse 21 says, Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Which means the way they use money reveals their heart. Check for money habits. On the other hand, you can find people who are too thrifty, too stingy, very mean. They don't want to spend it all. They don't want to spend for you. You go out on dates, but you go to the cheapest places. So even these persons can be unhealthy because you will not enjoy a marriage with these people. So seek a spouse who is faithful in financial dealings and financially responsible and wise. Be on your guard for people who are too stingy, scrooges. Many unhappy marriages revolve around the unwise financial dealings of one of the parties. The spouse takes a loan without telling the other and they end up in a mess. You see, most of the problems in marriages I've counseled is practical problems. It is not spiritual problems like, oh, my, my wife doesn't pray, my wife doesn't come to church, uh, my husband doesn't love God. No, people don't come and say those things. People come and say things like, oh, we have money problems, we have communication problems, or we have physical problems. You see, it's all practical problems. But of course we understand the practical problems are because they fail to seek the spiritual wisdom from God, they fail to love God and seek to live the life according to God's will. But yet the problems manifest in very practical areas. And therefore marriage is not just very spiritual, but also very practical and to have the wisdom of the Spirit to be able to practically, you know, live life successfully. So observing people practically, this becomes very important in your choice. Because again, like I said, marriage is going to be very practical. Observe how they are in the practical day-to-day -day lives. All right, I'm going to stop here for today. And I'll be sharing two more principles tomorrow. And I believe that as you listen to all these 10 principles, you will be equipped to make wise decisions for yourselves. God bless you and see you tomorrow. If you have been blessed through this podcast, we invite you to partner with us in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ from Nagaland to the nations. We make all our series available for free, but it does cost us time, effort, and money to do it. So the support of people such as you will enable us to reach more people in more regions. Remember, 
when you give, the word of God says in 2 Corinthians 9.8 that God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That you, always having all sufficiency, all things, may have an abundance of every good work. If you would like to support our media ministry on a monthly basis or through a one-time gift, kindly write to us at faithharvestnagaland at gmail.com and visit our website www.faithharvest.in and you can go to the giving section. You can also give through this UPI ID 700-568-4533 at Paytm. God bless you and thank you so much for your generosity.